0: What a privilege, first time back, my amazing wife, Amy Summerfield is preaching, so let's give it up for Amy.
1: Cheers, love. I tell you what, I'll be honest. I had a moment where I went to the loo and I was washing my hands and I thought, last time I was in this building, I was in a wedding dress and I thought maybe I could go home and put it on. But I thought that'd be a bit OTT. <laughs> but yeah, what a moment today. What an incredible moment as we restart church. We've never stopped, have we? But God is with us today. And wasn't it special to sing and worship? And actually today sees us in this. You were made for this series. It sees us conclude in the message and the story of this incredible man, Joseph. And so he had incredible highs and lows, didn't he? He had defeats, he had victory, he had life, he had loss. And as we come towards the end of this story, we need to know that through Joseph, not only do we see that he's a beloved son of Jacob, but we see that he was betrayed. We see that he was deserted. We see that he was punished for doing the right thing. We see that he endured long imprisonment. He was forgotten by all of those that he helped, yet This man, he never asked why. He always asked, what can I do? In every situation and in every circumstance that Joseph found himself in, he chose to remain faithful, faithful to the bigger story and faithful to our bigger God. So from the prison to the palace, he remained integral, he remained self control. He never forgot where he was coming from. And grace and faithfulness was always at the heart of who he was, even choosing to forgive those very brothers that betrayed him. And the results of this incredible life were a leadership faithfulness, faithfulness, which when you think about it, ultimately paved the way for Jesus to come a thousand years later. So let's read together this closing chapter of Joseph's story, which is going to be found in Genesis 50, verse 15 to 26. If you've got a Bible with you, Genesis 50, 15 to 26. And Matt's going to read.
0: Thanks, So it says this. But now that their father was dead, Jacob's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong things we did to him, they said. And so they sent this message to Joseph. Because your father before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sins. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended, me, they, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Now don't be afraid, I will continue to take care of you and your children. And so he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. So Joseph and his brothers and their families continued to live in Egypt. Joseph lived to the age of 110. He lived to see three generations of the descendants of his son Ephraim, and he lived to see the birth of the children of Manasseh's son Micah, whom he claimed as his own. Soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers, But God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land, Egypt. He will bring you back to the land that he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath. And he said, When God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110. The Egyptians embalmed him. And his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt.
1: Thanks, Matt. So just before I delve a little bit more into that passage with us all today, I want to tell you about one of my favorite games. It's a classic, okay? So one of my favorite games is hide-and-seek. Anyone a fan of hide-and-seek here? Come on. I love a good game of hide-and-seek. I think it's a classic. I love that anticipation of running to find a space and then the annoyance of realizing that it's already taken. And then the famous words that the seeker declares that says, come out, come out, wherever you are as you try to kind of stifle giggles and as you try to remain as still as possible. Now, being the competitive person that I am, Matt, do you know that I'm competitive? He knows that I'm competitive. So the thing is, you know, I've got youth work still in my bones. So I love a good game of hide and seek to the point where I've been known in the past to nearly give an elderly church steward a heart attack and actually many a young people in my time. So let me tell you, this is what actually happened when I was working in Bishop Stortford for a church there. We used to have these mad, crazy sleepovers with lots of young people. And we used to say, "Okay, let's play a game of hide and seek. But just to make it even funner, let's turn all the lights off because that's not a risk at all. So. We decided to have a great good game of hide and seek. And there was this classic hiding spot that was always a whim. And as you walked through the main sanctuary of the church, and as you walked into the choir room where they used to robe and then walk out, for some weird design room, there was a door in a door. And it was literally about this big. You could squeeze a body into the middle of it. So me, being the joker that I am, just thought, oh, how funny would it be if I just stood there and then I waited for a young person to just get really surprised. And as they opened the door, I'd just go, rah, like that, as loud as I could. So I'm sat there, all excited, like having a little tense moment, trying to stop the giggles, trying to stop a wee, because that always is really exciting. And it's true, it's true. And so, too much information. So all of a sudden, I start to hear these footsteps, and I'm thinking, okay, game ready. I'm going to pounce. I'm going to shout, raw as as loud as I can. And as the person opened the door, it was pitched back, and I just went, raw as loud as I quickly could. And then I heard John, this 70-year-old, go, (gasps) and then he clutched his chest like this, and I just. I genuinely thought it was game over for me and for him. And after many apology, and after a a, a kid that he was going to say that I was going to be sacked, he laughed it off in the end. And he'd just come to collect his um, choir music, getting ready for the next day, and unsurprisingly just got the scare of his life. So I love, love hide and seek. And another one, and I promise you, this preach is not all about my hide and seek stories, but uh, we used to have this um, baptismal pool that was underground, a bit like I here at Zeo. So the great commitment that I have to this game is that I lifted the really heavy door, I put myself in the pool, you'll be pleased to know it was empty, and every time a young person ran past it or every time an adult ran past it, I'd just punch the ceiling and I'd hear all these noises going, it's a ghost, it's a ghost! <laughs> it's like, it's not a ghost, it's me. And they'd be ringing me saying, where are you, where are you? And finally, probably one of the best ones was, and by the way, don't do this, I'm clearly so irresponsible, was that they used to have these really, really big ladders that were very safely, I'm just going to let you know, very safely chained up to a wall. And so I just thought, oh, how funny would it be if I just climbed to the very top of the ladders, and then I just stood there. And it was the funniest moment, watching adults, all of the helpers, all these young people just run past and where is she? Where is she? And eventually, the whole of the youth group were like, we give up, Amy. So I started to try and climb down the ladder. And then I got my I stuck in a ring and I genuinely had to shout for help. But hide and seek, it's a great game. Why have I just taken you a few moments to tell you all about hide and seek? Well, number one, because it's funny, and I think we all to have a laugh, and it's good to share in a bit of a fun story. But number two, when I was praying about this preach today, I felt like Joseph's life was such a story of faithfulness, such a story of commitment, such a story of steadfastness that he modeled something amazing about this game. Joseph never hid. He never hid or shied away from his kingdom responsibilities. He never took the easy option all the way through his life, even though he experienced great persecution, even though he experienced great persecution and pain. The deliberate choice that he made over and over again to seek out God's plan for his life was admirable. And you see all the way through this story, and particularly the verses that Matt just shared with us then, that his part in words, his part in action so strongly into his commitment to his God. He remained faithful. He remained faithful to the end and he kept his eyes on the bigger story. And in fact, when you think about it, he always repeatedly made himself known. He made himself known in the plan. I have a dream were the famous words that he said. He made himself known in the pain when all of his brothers deserted him and sold him into slavery. He made himself known to Potiphar, proving himself faithful, proving himself skilled, He made himself known in the prison and offered to be a help in that place of pain and offered to be service-minded, even though he, him too, was struggling. He made himself known in the palace, consistently interpreting dreams, stepping up to the God-given gifts that he had been given, even though he found himself in a land of slavery. He then made himself known in the pressure, the famine, and the leadership responsibility that was on him would have been weighty when nations were flocking to Egypt, all seeking his help. And then finally, probably one of the most incredible things he did towards the end of his life, which we pick up today, is that he made himself known to his perpetrators. Those very same brothers who were meant to love and lead him closer to God, were those very very same brothers that betrayed him, sold him into slavery. And what did Joseph choose to do? He chose to forgive. He chose to step up. And he chose that moment of not hiding away from kingdom responsibility, but always stepping up. You know, the thing that's incredible about Joseph's life is that he chose to transform every setback to a step forward. He chose to transform every setback to a step forward. And this radically changed his heart. And not only did it radically change his heart, but when you think about it, it radically changed the hearts and lives of those around him. He is a great example to every single one of us today, young and old, that we do not need to fear. We do not need to hide when we have God on our side. But when you think, think about it, hiding is part of our sinful nature. If I take us right back to the beginning of time and right back to the beginning of Genesis, we see that the very first sin happened and mankind started to hide away from God. And God was searching in the garden. And even though he's all seeing and all knowing, guess what he was saying, church? He was saying, come out, come out, wherever you are. And this hiding, this sinful nature that we have, it's lived with us for centuries and centuries. Every single one of us has, things and reasons and circumstances and situations that we want to hide and shy away from. But not only is hiding part of our sinful nature, but here's the other thing, and this is even more toxic and even more difficult to own up to, but we often choose to hide others as well. And if you just take a quick windswept tour all the way through Joseph's life, you will see that not only was he always perpetrated, but he was repeatedly hidden by others. He was hidden by his brothers, He was hidden by Potiphar, he was hidden by Potiphar's wife, even the cupbearer when you think about it, inadvertently hidden when he forgot about who he was. We hide ourselves from God's plans and purposes for our life. And then admittedly, if we're honest, sometimes through sin, sometimes through jealousy, sometimes through compassion, we also look to hide others. So Joseph could have easily accepted all of this. He could have easily have chosen in himself to stay hidden. I mean, goodness, you only have to look at all the things that is happening in his life. But he decided to do the courageous thing. He decided to step up and step out. So church, what is God saying through this message today? I really believe this so strongly in my heart. I honestly believe that what God is saying in this incredible landmark moment here for Zio. He is calling us out of hiding. And like the famous story goes, he's echoing and he's saying, CEO Church, come out, come out wherever you are. Come out, come out wherever you are. Come out, come out wherever you are in your pain. Come out, come out wherever you are financially. Come out, come out wherever you are in your faithfulness, wherever you are in your faith story, wherever you are in your relationships, wherever you are in some of the circumstances and some of the situations that have never been chosen for you and have always been a pain and always been such a struggle for you. God is still saying, come out, come out wherever you are. He's calling us as a church to step out of the shadows and to step into his glorious, incredible light. So like Joseph, we need to make ourselves known. Like Joseph, we need to come out of hiding. And we need to recognize that not every setback is a setback. But just like how him, just like how he did over and over again, we can start to turn some of our setbacks into a step forward. Joseph's story teaches us that despite everything that he went through, determination reaches destiny. Determination reaches destiny. His destiny was not the heights, was not the success, was not the achievements of Egypt, even though he spent the majority of his life in a foreign and pagan land. His destiny was to keep the promise of his ancestors, and he never, never doubted it. He always adopted an attitude of faith. And even in pain, he chose to recognize God's wider story and that he was part of that ultimate story too. And of course, in these verses that we've just read here today, verse 20 says the iconic and the famous words. When he addresses his brothers and he says, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And, church, I'm sure that there's many of us that could have our own stories of things and people and circumstances and situations that have looked to harm us. But the God that we believe in, He turns things around for good, amen? He is in the business of saving lives, amen? He is in the business of being part of a bigger picture that sometimes we can only see a small snippet of. Sometimes we can only see a small verse, a small chapter. But if we really trust our God, we need to adopt the same posture of faith that Joseph had, which actually says, I believe that there's something bigger happening here. And although this situation right here on the ground is looking to harm me, although it's looking to hide me, although it's looking to belittle me, although it's looking to tell me that I'm nothing, I'm choosing to step out because determination reaches destiny. So at 110 years old, Joseph turned around to his brothers in his deathbed and he said this. He said... I'm about to die, but church, listen to these two incredible words because let them minister to our soul today. He says, but God will certainly, God will certainly come to your aid. He will bring you up from this land. This land that he promised Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then here comes the next key word. When God comes to your aid, you are to carry my bones from here. What faith? What tenacity of a man to, on his deathbed, even though he's not seen this promise, even though he's not seen the promise of Abraham lived out in his lifestyle, he lives leaves this incredible moment of saying, certainly God will come, and when he comes, I want you to carry my bones. He's prophesying the larger story. The larger story of someone that he knows is coming is greater, and bigger, and stronger, and bolder, and more forgiving, and more incredible. And who is the guy he's prophesying about? He's prophesying about Jesus. He's prophesying about our coming Messiah, And the reality of Joseph's life is that had he not been obedient, so many would have died in that famine. But the bigger story is that had he not been obedient and kept his call in that moment of so many causing him pain and looking to forgive, looking to believe for the greater, the better, the bigger, we would have lost the line of Jesus. The line of Judah, that family line of Jesus would have been broken and it could have been game over. Joseph's choice to always forgive. Joseph's choice to always watch out for the bigger picture meant that right now, we can receive Jesus' salvation. Probably one of the most amazing things that Joseph did was, hey, not rescue Egypt, not take every single nation through a famine. One of the greatest things he did was to recognize that every single action, every single decision he made was part of a wider, bigger promise the faithful bigger story. He instinctively knew that he was part of something bigger. His conscious choices, his conscious commitment led to Jesus coming. He was a great, great man of faith. And the incredible thing about Joseph's story is we, of course, too can see Jesus mirrored so well. Through the story of Joseph, we see the incredible love, the betrayal, the hate, the slavery, the power, the forgiveness. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of grace, Joseph is a picture of Jesus. So, Genesis 37 to 50, as we conclude this story, really isn't just about the providence of God, but it's also about his promise and how God took this unseemly Jew, no one who had, who had much respect for him, and he looked to turn and reverse all of the effects of the curse for him to accomplish in part the coming of the promises of Abraham. And so who is Abraham? Well, let's remind ourselves that Abraham was Joseph's great, great grandfather. And he was given this amazing promise by God that in Genesis 12, God said to Abraham, I want you to leave all that you know behind because I'm going to make you and your family a great nation. You will be a blessing to all people on earth. And so at 75 years old, Abraham left his place. And when he was traveling through a place called Shechem God said to him, you see this land here? this is for you and your offspring and right there and then abraham built an altar of thanks to the lord and he remembered that this land would always be returned to him so when does such next feature again in the bible and here's the return of the whole story those very bones that joseph promised his brothers that would be carried out when he said certainly and when god will revolve this picture those bones and Joseph were carried to Shechem, and that's where he's buried today. This incredible story shows us that nothing is impossible. It shows us that God can pull off the incredible through sometimes what seems like a insignificant, seemingly insignificant life. Joseph's story teaches us that we're all a scene; we're all part of a bigger story. Our verses, our chapter. They seriously matter to God. So as I start to close, how do we respond to this story? In fact, as we backtrack, how do we respond to this title of recognizing that every single one of us was made for this? And what is this? This is this story of Jesus, a timeless story through ancient people, incredible faithful men and women that stood the test of time and said, I refuse to stay hidden. I refuse to stay hidden by my own sin, my own shame, my own fear, my own feelings of inadequacy. And I refuse for anyone else to hide me. I have a story and my story, my verses, my chapter are part of a much wider story that is way greater than any one of us, the story of Jesus. So, three ways and how we can respond today before we worship, number one. Let's, deta- let's decide to turn setbacks into set forwards. You know, we can so easily be limited, can't we? And when we in the natural face a setback, it is so, so easy just to just go, oh, we'll just leave it there. We clearly can't take this land. We clearly can't go any further. I have limitations. But God, I really believe today that God is saying, what has previously limited us will no longer limit us. I really strongly believe that today God is saying, what has limited you, you are now moving into a land of limitless. We are moving as a church from limited to limitless. Can someone agree with me? Because I'm getting all Pentecostal. This is superly important, guys. We have lived in a world of limitation for too long, not just through the pandemic that we've been through. But if we're really honest with ourselves, I'm looking at a bunch of people, myself included, that have lived with a limited limitation on our life. We have deliberately chosen a hidden life when all the way along, God is saying, come out, come out, wherever you are. And not only have we chose that limitation, sometimes we've looked for someone else to put that lid upon us. Sometimes, like Joseph had repeatedly with so many people trying to squash him, trying to push him down, but we're not in that season anymore. And actually, that season is sin. We are chosen not to operate. So not every setback is a setback. Let's start to be a church that turn our setbacks into a step forward. Let's say despite my limitations, I am a limitless woman. I'm a I'm a limitless man, I'm a limitless child, I'm a limitless young people, I'm a limitless hundred year old, where actually the dreams and the kingdom adventures that are ahead for me are so many. So number one, let's start to turn our setbacks to a step forward. What are your setbacks today? What are the things and the disappointments and the sorrows that you've been holding on to for so long? Can you be honest with your God today and just say, God, this is my setback, but I refuse for it to limit me any longer. I want to be a limitless person, so take my setback, God and make it a step forward. Number two, let's recognize, like I already said, that determination reaches destiny. Determination reaches destiny. I love that incredible scripture where it says, I have set my face like flint. That incredible determination to say, I don't care how long this takes me. I will stay faithful. I don't care if I don't even see it in my lifetime, but because I know I'm part of a bigger story. I like Joseph. I like Esther. I like Naomi. I like Mary. I like David will continue to the wider story of my life, which is Jesus. So let's turn our setbacks into step forwards. Let's recognize that determination Determination reaches destiny. And finally, as I call up the bands, let's hear the voice of God today that says this. And I'm going to say it quietly first, and then I'm going to say it a little bit louder because I need to hear it. We need to hear it. God's word for our church today is this come out, come out wherever you are, come out, come out wherever you are, wherever you've been hidden. Wherever you've hidden yourself, whoever you've chosen to hide behind, whatever you have chosen to hide behind, recognize that this is not the season of hiding any longer. There are dreams, there are aspirations, there are cause, there are gifts and skills in this room that we haven't even seen the start of yet. And today, right now, in this season, as we take on the life lessons of Joseph, we were made for more. We were made for this incredible story where God is saying, Let's make a choice today. Let's make a choice to step out of hiding, and let's make a choice to step away from who has been hiding us. I want to close by telling a quick story before we worship together. It's the story of a baby camel. And this baby camel turned around to his mum one day and he said, "Um, Mum, mum, I'd really like to know a little bit more about myself and how and why I was made. So he said, "Um, can you tell me all about these really, really big eyelashes that I've got? So his mum says, well, you have these big eyelashes because when you're in the desert and when you face sandstorms, they help to make sure that you can still see. So the baby camel says, oh, great. Thanks for letting me know all about that. Then the second question is, he goes up to his mum a bit later, he says, Mum, Mum, can you tell me about these massive big feet that we've got? They're huge. I look at other animals and I just think, ah, they're massive. Why is that? And she said, oh, well, that's easy, son. When, when we're walking through the desert and when we're on really, really hot journeys, they'll keep our feet standing and they'll mean that we can keep going for longer. So the baby camel says, great, brilliant, okay. And then finally, he goes up to his mum. He's like, Mum, one more question. And the mum's a little bit exasperated, thinking, what now? He He's like, what are with these humps, these massive humps that are on our back? Why do we have those? And he says, well, son, you know, it's so that actually when we're going through the desert, we can drink a load of water and then it can store us for the journey. So the son kind of looks all quizzical and he's just thinking like, what's going off? And the mum can tell. I think he's got another question. And he sa- she says, what is it, son? And he says, I just don't understand. If everything that you say is true, why are we in a zoo? If everything that we say is true, why are we in a zoo? But guys, it's a corny story. But we have been in captivity. Seriously. We have chosen a place of a zoo. Other people have put us in a zoo. We were not born for the zoo. We were born for the incredible story of the Bible. The incredible story that's lived out through Abraham jacob joseph moses and many other faithful incredible men and women since come out come out wherever you are here's the story of oceans which we're going to sing now i'd just like to have a look at these words if that's okay and as the band start to play the story of this song we're going to sing right now says you call me out upon the waters the great unknown where feet may fail how true is that today God is calling us out onto the waters. It feels unknown. It feels like our feet may fail. It goes on to say, and there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. And then the song calls us to sing courageously, sing boldly, sing outwardly, and I will call upon your name. I will keep my eyes on you. So as I pray, Lord, We want to welcome you into this moment. We want to welcome you at the end of this series, recognizing that we were made for this. What is this, this? Your story, Jesus. Your timeless story of love. Your timeless story of courage. Your timeless story of salvation, which involves us. Our chapters, our verses count. God, would you help us to come out of hiding today? And I'd just like to ask if you wouldn't mind if you just close your eyes in this moment or look down we're just going to do a moment of response before we sing this song together if you know that you've been hiding if you know that far too long you've chosen a hidden life or if you know that someone else something else have hidden you if today you want to respond to those three points You want to start to turn your setbacks into a step forward. You want to start to go with more determination because you know that there's a greater destiny ahead. And if you hear God's gentle, still voice saying, come out, come out wherever you are, then when you're ready, I'd just like to ask you to stand where you are. We're all going to be standing in a moment anyway because we're going to worship. But I want to give a moment. If you want to respond to that call, come out. Come out wherever you are. Take a stand now. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Let me give a few more minutes because sometimes it's hard. We feel a wrestle in this moment. We've not done stuff like this for a while. If you're hearing God's little nudge, thank you. Come out. Come out wherever you are take a stand thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you god so god we want to thank you today that we are so held in your safe hands we want to thank you god for the incredible story and faithfulness of joseph it's our story too may we today come out of our hiding. May we today come out of a place of being hidden by others. May we step up and out, Lord God. And I release us from captivity, God. I release us into the free, incredible kingdom story that you have ahead for us as individuals and ahead for us as your church CEO, Lord God. And as we all stand right now, and as we all get ready to sing this song, Lord Jesus, I pray as you're calling us out onto the waters, as you're calling us into the unknown, that we will take great faith, Lord Jesus, and that we take great boldness in this moment to say, Spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk with you, God. So let's stand. Let's get ready to sing, church. Let's really sing this like we mean it today. Our God, our faithful God is calling us out. He's calling us up. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to desert us. He has so got us. Are we ready for this? Let's sing.